Hello, Strat fans. I'm Jimmy James, and this is Stratology, the show for and by students of Stratomatic. Today is the first episode in a series of shows that we're going to be doing, looking at Strat position by position. There is no doubt that people put different values on different positions when drafting a team. First up, catchers. So, sit back, grab your cards and dice, and let's roll! Sir Strat of the Round Table! Okay, we are here on Sir Strat of the Round Table. I'm here with Sir Tony and Sir Dave. Okay, today we are going to be delving into our series on player positions. And I thought the one for us to start out with, guys, is catcher. I think it it's a, works a little differently than some of the others. I think it's a little less cut and dry than some of the others. I think you can really go one way or another if you're really talking about like a middle infielder or something like that. But I think there's real discussion to be to be had about what makes a quality catcher for Stratomatic. Right now, I was thinking, um, let's start out by talking about the defenses, guys. Let's start talking about catchers and defense. So what are you guys looking for in a catcher for defense? Now, let's start with you. Uh, let's start with you, Sir Tony. You know, you are the defensive man. So what are you really looking for in the defense from your catcher? Thank you, Sir James. I'm actually looking for, first on I start a new series. I scan the deck and I look, I rank every position by defense, including catcher. So I look at all the ones, look at the salary to those guys, right, to see how much I really want to spend on a good defensive catcher. I'm real big on, on the old adage of being strong up the middle. So as we start to go around the positions, we'll get more into that. But sticking to catcher, I'm looking for a one, a minus arm, preferably a minus three for a starting catcher, sometime a minus four, or at least a minus two. And then, again, what I want to spend and what the salary cap is and how relevant I want to make that position. One thing I'm not really paying much attention to is offense, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not really – look. I, I want a guy – I've learned over the years – that I have to balance the defense with the offense. So I got to also look at offense with the defensive rating, but, I, but I'm clearly looking for a starting catcher. That's a one with a strong minus arm, because if I can get the right pitchers and then you add in the minus arm, I throw out a lot of guys, right? So to me, that's very big. And it all goes into that overall philosophy. One thing I'd like to do then next is I like to scout my backup catcher. So if I'm going to spend $4.5 million on a catcher, $5 million on a catcher, I'm in a 12-team league right now with Pudge Rodriguez as my starting catcher. He's a one, he's a minus four, he's like an E2 or an E3. I'm not all bent on the ear rating, but I do realize that a lot of those ones and minus arms do have pretty good air ratings. Like, I haven't really seen one that's like an E20, <laughs> you know? Everything's kind of like with this with the good defense, it all kind of goes relative with the arm, you know, the, the range, the arm, and of course you know, the E rating, but then I'll look at the backup catchers. If I'm going to spend that on an everyday catcher, then I'll look at a backup catcher. That's a minus arm, probably minimum salary 0.75. Or if I can fit a guy that's a little over a million, I think the two catchers I have right now 
in one league, but he does Santiago. He's a minus three, and I have Bob Boone. It's a one and a minus two. Bob Boone's about a, a, a million dollars. Santiago's like $4.5 million. So I don't mind wrapping up $5 million all into the catcher or maybe $6 million on both a backup, but I want my backup, James, or James, to be just as good as my starter, if that makes sense. The one thing I like to do with all my defensive guys is I look at the rate like their balance, right? So that helps me go into my decision, too. So if I have a, a catcher that's a 1 and minus 4 and it, that's, a, that's a 3R, I might take the 1 to minus 3 in the even rating because I like to get my players to play. If you play against me, you know I don't substitute very much. I have the same lineup against lefties and righties going into the season. Then I adjust accordingly. So that's my thought on catching as far as what I look for when I'm picking a starting a new season and what I'm looking for in terms of, of a defensive catcher. And like I said, the offense isn't totally important, but if he's going to be an everyday catcher, I want him to at least bat anywhere from maybe 280 to 300. Doesn't have, have to have a lot of power. I mean, that, that'll all go relative into the team. But, I, you know, I do like an even balanced player when I pick my defensive so, guy. So really you're looking – his defense is much more important than you than his offense. Absolutely, absolutely. Because and I've learned to balance that a little bit better because when I first started doing this 365 game, I wouldn't totally worry about offense at all. And then that's when, hey, I, I don't give up many runs, but I don't score any either. So now I try to get a nice mix of scoring runs and finding that right guy that's good defense. If I have to go to a two and a minus arm, you know, I'll go as you know, I'll go as a two, but I, I don't want any catcher that's higher than a two just because of the X charts and how that all plays out with pass balls and wild pitches and all that. So, Sir Dave, what are your thoughts on the defensive catchers? This season that I played uh, this year, when I went to defense, I started to fight to, to figure out is it worth it the minus arm? Is it worth it? You know, stopping the running game and how many people run. I mean, some people don't even like the run at all. So you can get by with a zero. And plus, if you get the hold ratings. But I do try to at least get a zero. And I like to get at least a minus one. I mean, I do try to get that if I can. The goal is to get a guy that can play every day. That's definitely the goal. I mean, that would be perfect if you can get a guy that can play every day. I don't really go crazy over, you know, like a Mike Piazza. Would I play him a catcher? Probably not. You know, because even though he's a plus two and you can control it with maybe hold ratings, I don't want to. I don't want to limit my pitchers. That I have to take. Okay, this pitcher's good, Bob, but his hold rating isn't good, so it's going to make it worse. So I, I'm, I do try to do that. I don't go crazy over it, and I think I'm, I'm as years go on, I'm going less and less worrying about the running game. But if there's one thing I do go to the running game, that's first. It, it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but like as as compared to the E rating or the um the the fielding rating, I, I don't even pay attention to that. I mean, not really. I mean, if he's a three or four, I don't give a rat's ass. I know he's going to get more pass balls and, and you know, uh, wild pitches, but I, I can deal with that, especially if he's worth uh, hitting, you know, if he's worth it with hitting. One of the things I do look at, though, is a T rating, which I think is can be underrated because, you know, though, if you got that high T rating, you know, I think it, it's a one, two, or three roll. You know, you got a 15% chance of getting the T rating, and then you go to the T rating. If he gets like a one to 15, he's on third base. So when you see stolen base in air, that ball went into center field. That's because of the T rating. So, I do look at that. I don't want a high one at all. And yeah, and the same with the pass ball. You may you want that maybe a little bit lower too. But I would say overall, my goal is to get one play every day. This is not the first position I go to on offense or when I'm doing my, my lineup and stuff. I kind of um, see what's out there and see what fits. But I will put it this way. If I say I got a minus two catcher as I'm building my team, and then all of a sudden I'll, I don't look enough salary, and this guy's salary is too much. I'll be like, you know what? 
I'll cut down my catcher. And if I got a platoon, I'll platoon. You know, so in other words, I don't really look for a superstar catcher. It's not something that I don't think it's important to my team. If I can get one, that's fine. But I don't, I don't put that as a high priority as opposed to other positions. That's basically it. I mean, it's just, and, and again, I, I do want to say that I, I do want the arm. The arm is important. I don't want to put, play a plus two. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, as I go on playing this, I'm not sure how important that is. And especially when guys are, are in second base and they have a, you, you know, you have like a plus four total. They're just trying to steal third, and they get thrown out like 50% of the time, no matter what. So I'm wondering about that, too. Like, you know, do, are they stealing third more because your rating is so bad that they can steal third? And I got, for my team this year and other years, I get real fast guys, and they try to steal third a lot, but they're only safe 50% of the time. So it's like, why are they doing that? Because the, the hold rating in the arm is so bad that they can steal. They, they get the good lead, and they steal third, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in a flux with that right now about how I'm going to do it. But that's basically my overall thing. T rating, I do like the arm a little bit. I'm not going to go crazy if I have to play zero. And as far as the four, the three, the four, the two, I mean, I don't, yes, you would like a one or a two, but if it's not, I'm fine with it. And the E rating too, um, I'm not too crazy. You know, I don't, I don't go crazy over that, but I'd like to have a single digits, but I don't go crazy over that. So that's my, that's my, on the catching defense for me. For me, I, I kind of follow a little bit along where you, the path that you're taking there, Dave. It used to be something for me that was very important, especially the throwing arm. But I think that over time, it has lessened for me what the defense is. I mean, I would want to go like Tony before. I want a one, I want a minus three arm all the time. And if you're playing in a, a league, I think you're paying a premium for defense. At catcher, I think you pay a lot for that. I mean, it's the same type of thing. If I if I'm playing in a league, I'm never going to, especially a set price league. I'm never going to have a unless maybe it's Piazza. I'm never going to have a catcher as my DH because dude, some of that price has to be in the in, in what is catching. Part of it has to be, you know. So he's his hitting is going to be less than that value. And if I'm only going to use him as a hitter, why am I doing that? I kind of go along a little bit along the lines that you have gone, Dave. It was something that was very important to me, and I think that it has has lessened in importance to me. And I think I think with this next question I have for you guys, and I think we'll, we'll start out with with you, sir, Dave, on this one. And, and you brought up you brought up an, an, another area of it, but I I was really thinking of the three main areas as range, errors, and throwing arm. And where do you fit all three of those in the in the hierarchy what what is it you know what are you looking for first and what are you willing to live with it would it for me it would still be arm would be first out of those three. Second would be e rating and third would be the um the fielding rating and again i'm going to throw in the t rating uh, which i think is a little bit uh, underrated because if you do have a high one you're going to notice that stolen base error in going to guy going to third base that's going to be that's going to be a, a factor in my decision as well, but I definitely, it's still throwing arm, but yeah, I'm like you, it's not, I'm not going crazy over it like I used to do. Having said that, you know, and by the way, my backup is kind of the same. I, it may be platoon, but if I have an everyday catcher, my backup is probably going to be defensively, you know, it depends on the team. But again, I don't go crazy over, over this position. But having said that though, I think that it's, it's important to kind of read your leg a little bit. If you've been in a leg over and over again, how many people run? You know, sometimes you go on your team stats, this guy's run is 10 of 12 all year long. <laughs> you know, he's like running I all run. I like and, to run. And another thing would be, I do I do 
believe though when I'm I'm a if I'm a fast team, if someone does have a minus three catcher and say a minus one hold, he's a minus four total or something or minus five, that really does shut down your running game. It really does. Is it worth it? That's that's the the key right there. So that's what you battle with, I guess. I, I really like that fourth thing. I hadn't thought about that throwing on Aaron. Yeah, the T rating. That really that T rating. That is that is a good point to bring up. Myself so Tony, I like I, I go for the one. I, I go for the one, maybe the two, then the throwing arm next to fit in. The salary's important for me here. The T rating, okay. I very rarely pay much attention to that T rating because I think if I got the one and the minus arm, I think that's good. And then of course, as I said before, I think the low errors then come in with that defense too, but I'm looking, I'm just looking for the range first, James. I'm looking to get me a one or a two behind the plate, try to stay strong up the middle and then try to get a minus arm, whether it's a minus one, minus two, three or four, depending on what set I'm in. So for me, like I said, it was arm. I think arm is still the top uh, category for me. And I, I am going to start looking at that T rating a little more, Dave. I, uh, that'll be the <laughs> couple good things I've, piece of advice I've gotten for you for analyzing players, man. You're really good at that. But past that, I unless I'm able to get a one or a two, and with that big arm, I'm not so sure that I really care anymore what I'm getting if I'm not getting that. Uh, I looked it up, and if you're playing advanced rules, I mean, uh, if you're playing advanced, which I think most people, if they're playing card and dice, are playing, I know... With Strat 365 uses the super advanced charts, but I think they they play fairly similar with just more more uh, possibilities of, of of different types of plays. But if you go through and you have a one out of the twenty rolls, it's five of them are pass balls. If you're a two or or wild pitches, sorry, pass balls or wild pitches. If you have a two, it's eight. If it's uh if you're a three, it jumps all the way to fifteen, but a four is only eighteen, and a five is everything. Twelve twenty. But if you're taking a look, the jump, if you're at a three, what is really the difference between a three and a four? I would rather have you know, if I have a four with an arm, I'd rather have a four with an arm than a three with a plus arm. I mean, yeah. really I think that really drops down that range to me and also another thing unlike a lot of the uh x chart most of the x chart for a catcher is either an out or the batter still up it doesn't give them somebody on base unless it's an error and the only error checks are on 9 10 11 12 so you really most of the time you're going to be based on their you know the error rating is not going to come into it very often. So I think having a higher error rating is really not such a big deal either. And seeing that if I'm going to be at a three, there's almost no difference between a three and a four. Um, there, there's a huge difference between a three and a two. But I don't Likewise. even see there's much difference between a two and a one. Yeah. I think the two and the one are about the same. I think a three and a four are about the same. A three, four, and a five are all almost exactly the same. It truly, you know, you're going to be giving up those pass balls if you're going to have that type of a catcher there. You're going to say, I'm going to be giving up that, but I'm not going to get hits on those, usually. Unless and they're going to be, you know, on that air rating, but that's only four, four rolls. I've really changed my thought. I go, definitely arm, and I, again, <laughs> I like you, 
I just don't want to minus these days. I don't want I don't want to have it as a ne- as a because that really can 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 make you pray for a fast team if you have bad hold ratings. And but but other than that, I'm I am much less uh, inclined to pay for defense at catcher now. So and, and what, what were you gonna say, Dave? Yeah, one more thing. Um, the, the X chart. When I look, you know. You look at the extra, I'm talking about on your team stats, your team fielding stats. When they have the X, you know, plays made and opportunities, I'm, I have to figure out how they make a, since you can't get hits, what is the, what is the way that they do that you don't get an out? You know, like, for instance, I'm just going to go into my head. Ernie Witt was 40 for 54. Now, he hasn't made 14 errors. You know I mean? He's only made three or four or whatever. So is this the pass fault? How do they how do they calculate that? And I have to find that out. And if anyone listening knows, please you know comment because I'm not sure how that how they do that. So definitely okay. So we will be back right after these messages. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app and on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Sirstrat of the Round Table. We are back. I am here again with Sir Tony and Sir Dave. We are going to keep talking about catchers. Uh, Let's start with you, Sir Dave. How is defense versus offense for you for for catchers? Does it Um, it make a difference? I think I would put it, I I would, if it was a a percentage, I would go 60-40 defense. You know, I, I would like to have all things being equal, I would take the defensive guy over the over the hitting guy. But at the same time, as as I said before, on the defense, I'm starting to change my thoughts on that and getting that more offensive catcher. And again, I'm not talking about a Piazza type. I'm just talking about somebody who's better offensively. And maybe it'd be a zero or a plus one or something like you know. Maybe I can do that and have these catchers that can hit. I would go more. Uh, defense over offense, but I mean, it's 60-40. So offense, yeah, I'm going to look, whatever, on-base percentage is a big thing, I think, for catchers, because you're not going to have too many power-hitting catchers, although you can get the guys that hit 230 and are good power, they hit hit your 15 home runs a year. So something like that. And again, they're not going to be the big cog in my machine of hitting. But at the same time, I don't want them to be, you're going to have a dead spot in your lineup. You're always going to have a dead spot. Where is it going to be? Sometimes it's going to be catcher or shortstop, something like that, you know, so maybe sometimes this is my dead spot. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to get a guy who hits 230, hits 15 homers, and, you know, plays decent defense, you know. So right. that's about it for me. Oh, good. So, Tony, how offense versus defense? Well, as we talked about earlier in the first segment, I'm a defensive kind of guy, right? One thing I've learned to do is trying to balance it because I don't like to – I don't like to – 
you know, I like to play the same lineup every day. So I, so if I get a guy that's a one R, a two R, and even, I'll look at that into my overall. Do I take this guy or not? Because what my first thing I do, as I said earlier, I categorize it by defense. I put him one, two, three, four, five down the line. Then I look at salary. Then I look at batting average. Right? I'm not so much interested in power out of this position. I'm very interested in in, in, in singles, doubles. On base percentage, like, like, like I have a really good system. I, I'm in a 24-team league right now. As you know, I have Benito Santiago and Bob Boone. One's decent hitters. Santiago got a little bit more power, right? But then the, he starts, he plays every day, and then Boone, when he gets injured, Boone can come in or whatever. The other league that I'm in, I, again, best of both worlds, again, I have Pudge Rodriguez and Ron Carcafice. Now, I spent a lot of money on backup catchers, more so than some. Now, I'll try to stay like as a minimum to that, but I'm not going to lie to you. If I could find a second one with a minus arm that you can't hit, like a Ron Karkovice in, in, in the 2000 series, that's my perfect backup guy, right? Because my goal is to play Pudge every day. So Pudge gets hurt, Karkovice comes in, gives me good solid defense, maybe bat him eighth, right, to try to get through the weaker hitting. So I'm not too wrapped up into power. I'm not too wrapped up into hitting. But I do want a starting catcher that can carry his own offensively as well as defensively. And, and that's the thing. I try to put it like a puzzle. Picture this, James, like a puzzle. I try to fit all these ones around the infield and all these twos around the infield to see what fits. So if I have to get a catcher, right, and I can't put as much money into that, I might have to sacrifice a little offense, which I would rather do as opposed to defense because I'm just too big of a defensive guy. I don't know if that's right or wrong, James. It works for me, right? It's the only way I know how to play. What's your percentage? What do you think? He well, if I, I see that's 60, the thing. I didn't want to put. I didn't want to put a percentage on it like Sir Dave because it's going to vary. But if I had to put a percentage on it, I would probably go more seventy thirty defense to offense. But then what I found out, James, doing the all defensive stuff when I first started doing this, and Sir Dave was in leagues with me, he'd say, "Look, you got a good defensive team, but you just don't got enough offense to score." So that's the puzzle that you have to fit. So if it has to be a seventy thirty, so be it. You know, I would more like the 60-40 like Dave. But again, I'm not too I'm, – I'm more wrapped up in defense overall. And I've been luck, lately going for on-base percentage, which seems to be working out very well, and slugging. Doubles, on-base percentage, walks, some few homers spattered in. And I'm not really much interested in the W to an N. To me, that all – in a mystery deck, you don't know if you have an N power or a W power. I'm just more looking at the batting average, the slugging percentage with the on-base percentage everywhere I go. Does that make sense? Yeah, very much so. I've maybe even gone the other way. Maybe I'm 55 offense, only 45 defense now. And I would probably say, if you're going to say on the dichotomy of power versus on base, I'm going to go towards the on base because I believe it's going to be more cost effective. Again, because there aren't as many catchers with that type of power. Now, I, I usually can get a fairly good catcher for a, a fairly good price that can move at least move the lineup along. And I think that's what I've noticed is, you know, if you've got – you need the other guys to move it along so that the, the, the better – the higher price cards can get more bats. The more bats they have, the, the more runs you're going to score. You have William Mays. If you need to have him at bat as many times as you can, and if that catcher is an automatic out, it's not pushing the lineup. He's going to get one less at bat maybe because of that, you know. I, I would say before, I was probably a 70-30 guy, but now I'm I'm on the opposite side, and I'm probably a 
55, with the higher side being on the offense. I think that's really changed. So the next question I wanted to kind of ask you guys about is platoons. Because I think the catcher is a, at least for me, I'll start out with me this time, guys, and see what you guys thought. Catcher for me is the number one platoon position, if I especially in later seasons. I look at it here. If if I've got a guy that's going to play, you know, I'm going to spend five or six million dollars on a guy that's going to be every day, and I'm going to spend another million on a guy that's going to be just a backup. Well, you know, I can spend three million on one guy that just tears up one hand, two million on the other guy. It's the only position you must have two guys at. You must have it. So you've got to have that second catcher anyway. Is it dead money or is it used money? And that's kind of the philosophy I've taken, uh, especially in later seasons where you have a lot of catchers that are just terrible against one hand. From Lieberthal to, uh, we talk about Boone. There's some years where Boone can't hit, you know, he's a righty that hits righties, I think, a couple of years. You're, you're really talking about being able to mix and match, I think, sometimes at this, at this position. And then if you go, you know what, I can go with a two at, for against righties. Well, then, you know what? I've only got about, you know, 40 games I'm going to start against lefties. So starting a three, those 40 games is really not that bad. None of these guys, almost almost none of them are going to be an injury one. They're almost all going to be an injury two. No, most catchers are. There's some point. Now, as a platoon, is that going to leave me with, you know, a, a bad guy in there at that eighth spot sometimes? If I'm having a backup that could only play defense, I've got that anyways. So it really didn't hurt me because he's an injury because I was going to have that anyways. And at least this time I can get maybe a, a 30 or a 40, you know, in the 40s maybe, even close to 50% chance to hit on their car. You know what I mean? So so those can translate very easily into, you know, high 300 on base percentages, maybe on both hands. Or, you know, maybe you have one hand that you get the on base and the other hand you got the power depending on where your lineup's kind of shooken out. You know, I you know I got a lot of guys that can hit one hand and just don't have the power for the other hand. Well, maybe I can speak. I, I've done that with Ernie Witt before. I've had Ernie Witt as a right-handed. I didn't have enough power right-handed, so I had Ernie Witt. And then I had catcher left-handed, Nicosia or something like that, that's more on base, doesn't hit a lot of home runs, that did lefty, but I have plenty of homers lefty. So why, why spend that money there, you know? And then I can bring that guy in at the end of the game to play for Witt because he's, you know, just average defense. So I've now, I've now used both of those spots, and I've gotten something out of both of those spots rather than not getting, you know, getting 10 games of no hitting from a million-dollar catcher. What do you guys think, Sir Tony? Let me reverse the role play moderator of your show for one minute. Could I be Sir James for one minute? That's the question. Okay, so in other words, when you're doing your platoon, then when I think of platoon, Sir James, I think of lefty-righty. Very limited lefty catchers, right? There's some switch hitters out there. And in a mystery deck, you really can't tell. Right now, I think you do a lot of single seasons, right, where you don't have mystery cards. So I, I think there's a little bit more reveal there. But when you're doing, you agree or disagree that when you're doing that mystery deck, is that is that a little tougher to find that platoon because there's very limited left-handed catchers as opposed to right-handed catchers, and there aren't a few switch hitters. So please, I, I didn't mean to be the moderator, Sir James, but I no, want no, to. No, no, it's fine. Question. It's fine. So let's take a look at at the one that we that we're in. I have Sosha. He's batting against righties, 
and I have a, a, a Laudner batting against lefties, and I've got the year where he doesn't have a lot of power, but he's got an amazing on-base percentage. So uh, I've got a good year for Sosa. So Sosa's crushing, crushing righties, and I've got Laudner, which is, you know, about a 40% chance to be on base with a single or a walk. And it, that's in a mystery set. But I know all five years, Sosa's better against righties. All, you know, four out of the five years, Laudner's better against lefties. And the one year is that he's not, it's, it's the year where you could play him and be, yeah, man, really have some value for a, a guy who's under a million dollars. So well, you I seem like you hit it right there. You seem like you hit it good, but because you had some depth there from the left side. So now to answer my, your question from my behalf is I'm not a platoon guy, period. So, like, as I said, I'm going to look more, give me that good defensive catcher that can play every day that's an even balance, right, one R and L or, or, or two R, two L, and an even. Give me that guy, and then the rest of that will all fall into place, in my opinion. So I don't – I see your point. It's a very point well taken that you have to have two catchers, so you might as well utilize that money in that respect. It's just something that, that I don't really like to platoon anyway. So when I go into a season, I'm going in to get not eight guys in a position that can play every day. So I'm, I'm not going to try to draft, you know, guys that are heavy lefty or guys that are heavy righty. I'm going to hover around even, you know, and then the rest of that will fall into its place. So I, I don't like to do the platoon part at catcher. I'm anxious to hear what Dave has to say about that. But I will, like I said, if I fall into one, James, like you just fell into one with Laudner in Scotia, that makes a lot of sense, right? He's a left-handed hitter. Laudner's a right-handed hitter. So that fell into play. But, I mean, as far I, I as going out and drafting that, I don't look at the, the hand that when I draft. So I, I, I'm not really looking. Everybody's focused. I'm focused on even keel guys that can play every day. So just in case I get that 15-game injury at catcher, I have a guy that can play every day. Like, like I can survive with a Ron Carcabice, even though he can't hit for 15 days. Put him in the right position, bottoms, you know, whatever you got to do to survive for 15 days. So that's my theory on the platoon to catcher. I mean, I'd rather have that even balanced guy that if he has to play every day, I have that right there just in case of an injury or late in a ball game or something, you know, extra innings. So there you go. Dave, um, thoughts on that? Answer, Dave? Well, I think the first thing is, um, you know, catchers are – for me, down the list as far as when I'm putting my lineup in um, and, pay, and draft the players, I mean. Um, so I'm going to try to get my backup. I'd like to get somebody to play every day. But if I do have a backup, and I see what you're saying, James, like that Laudner Socia is, is a great platoon. The guy in our league, Robert, he has Lavalier and Pena. That's a perfect platoon. You know, I mean, and you drafted him, so you didn't maybe fall ass back with him. Yeah, so that's if you can get that perfect platoon, the thing that I do worry about is when, you know, most catchers do have that two injury. Except for if you get like a Santiago, I think he has a lot of like one and stuff like that. If you get too much balance, then you have that, you know, if you say you have a, you know, your guy gets hurt, then you have the lefty and then you can't hit anything. But again, you said if he's good defensively, you got that anyway. So what's the difference? You know, you, you have an automatic out and it's not going to have too much factor on it because of how many games someone's going to get injured or if he's the lefty righty, the righty's not going to play as much. So the platoon, I, I, again, if I have to, I will, I'd rather have it play every day. But again, this part of my lineup is kind of down 
down down the way. You know what I mean? If I have it, I'll I'll try to get the perfect one, and then once I go over my salary cap, I'll come back and go, okay, you know what? I can't have this perfect one. So that's that's the thing I'll adjust. So yeah, I like to play it every day. If I have to have a platoon, I'll do it. I try to have them even if possible. And sometimes I do try also to get somebody who can run a little bit. A little bit. Like, Santiago is actually an asterisk. John Wathen, well, Wathen can't feel, but Santiago is pretty valuable. In it. And maybe make sure they're not a 1 to 8, maybe a 1 to 10, a 1 to 11. That can help a little. Well, may I interject something too? A little strategy that I learned. We talked a little bit about, you know, in podcast past about draft strategy and how you line that up. One thing I've been doing lately is putting my starting catcher in my top three in the slots because it is usually a guy like a Pudge Rodriguez or a Santiago. But then I'll take that backup guy and literally put him in the top 10 or right outside at 11 or 12. And that's been working. That's how I've been able to get those ones like, like a Clark of Ice and a, now I'm sacrificing other places, James, but that's how I value that catching position. Everybody values that. Like Dave said, he really doesn't value that position. But I will not hesitate to put my, my catcher in the top three slots in, 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 a, in an auto draft and then put my backup either 10, 11, or 12. And that's been very successful because a lot of these guys, they put up Ron Clark of Ice as a starting catcher or whatever, you know, a lower-valued catcher that's a one with a good arm. Thoughts on that? I mean, I know that is that wasting some draft capital. I mean, I, I don't know, but it works for me. That's a, that's the beauty of the game. Well, we have totally I different think, strategies, you know. It's the beauty of the of the of the game and how you want it. Sure. You think it's the most important way to win. So that's well, right. One of the things for me, I think, is mystery leagues are a little different because, like you said, mystery. You, you there's some guys that can hit one one year and they hit the, uh, better against the other that other year. You have to take a look at the set. You know, some some sets don't have a good guys that match up like I have right now. But I also think in older sets, it's a little bit better to do your strategy than mine. I think the catcher spot, especially if you're taking a look at like like in that 1960s set, man, I love to get Batty, Batty, uh, Batty or uh, Howard. Somebody like that that does have good D but has that offense that can kind of go with it. Because, you know, back then it was more of a power position. You know, bench, even in the 70s with Fisk and Carter and, and things like that. Where I think in the more modern, you are definitely seeing to where there's more platoons. Especially when I'm playing in like the 2019 or the 2020 set, I'm always going with platoon. You know, if I'm going 1960, I'm definitely getting a guy that I'm going to get it every day. But if I'm doing the 90s or the 2000s, I'm looking for a platoon instantaneously because... Like you, like you said, if I, if I want to get one of those guys at catcher in the 1960s, I've got to put it in my first five picks if I'm going to want those guys. In fact, I might have to put it, if I want one of those elite guys, I might have to put it in one or two in one of my first three picks. Or three. Right. Or even three. Uh, I, I, in that 60s, I mean, you probably are, you probably have missed out on the top five catchers maybe at, at that level. They, they, they went pretty dang fast. Then... In, in our in the nineteen eighties, uh, where it was Sosha and, and, and Laudner, I was able to pick up Sosha like in round thirteen, and I was able to pick up Laudner in round twenty one. So I was able to get guys in those other positions. I didn't have to waste the draft spot on a catcher, and I still ended up with a catcher. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Sir Dave. Thank you, Sir Tony. Thank you, James. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, James. You too. Always a pleasure.
the round table. Okay, we are back with part two of Sir Strata the Round Table. Sir Peter was going to be with us for the first part, but he was unable to for technical reasons, so we have him here with us today. Thank you for being here, Sir Peter. Thank you for making the uh, time. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for being patient with my technical difficulties. Oh, well, dude, we just are glad you're here, my friend. Okay, on to catchers and your thoughts on catchers. So what's your basic ideology when you're drafting a catcher? Just a, a, a basic, quick overview. First, the first thing I look for is I, I, I click on defense, and I look for the top-rated – I top, look for the absolute top-rated defending catcher. Period, end of story. I look for ones with uh, minus two arms. Uh, and as really as low as I'll go on defense for a catcher is uh, two minus two E6 kind of. Uh, of course, it depends on availability and, you know, where, you, you know, how your draft goes. But it's defense, defense, defense. And then um, out of that lot of def uh, defense, their catchers that are defensive, then I'll look for offense. But if they don't fit that defensive bucket, they don't even they don't even really get a shot to be on my team at all. Okay. Well, you know uh, what aspect of the defense? Then you you mentioned the range, the one and two for the range, right? But I you know, I kind of broke it down last time with arms, range, and error. And Dave actually threw another one in about throwing errors that he kind of looks at throwing errors. Yeah. And I hadn't even thought about that. So in between those aspects. What what between those are you really look at? Well, it's it is. A, I mean, this is a, I guess a, a cheap answer, but it's a combination. But specifically, I look for um, arm, you know, arm strength, arm rating, because uh, a good arm, even on a catcher, that if, you know, if I can't get a catcher with range in a one or two, just because of who's available, the type of set, and he's just you know a dud offensively, I will definitely. It's all about arm, and a good arm will stop. Um, runners, uh, catchers will make errors, and ca catchers with their, especially with their range. But if they have a a good arm, and I'm talking minus two, uh, minus three arms, they will stop a team from running on you. And, and that, and especially in some sets, uh, you know, for example, you know the '80s sets that we're in now. Uh, there's a lot of players that you know the Gary Pettises of the world. They walk, they steal second, they steal third, ground ball, you're down one nothing. That minus three arm, that minus two arm will prevent that from happening. It'll keep you in ball games longer. So it's arm rating for me is is the is number one. So if you had a guy, he's a one plus one, or you have a four minus one, what do you take? <sighs> yeah, that's see that, and again, that's where it comes in. I'm taking the one plus one uh, because it it will work out, come out the wash. I wouldn't even look at a four, honestly. Um, the only way I would ever look at a four, period is uh, if I had nobody left. And, and sometimes when it comes to backups, uh, a lot of the times I'll look for, but again, you're if you're not a one or a two, uh, currently I do have a three on one of my rosters and it's simply because he's there for offense and offense only. Uh, but my number one catcher is a two minus two. So if he's a four, I will always take the one, obviously plus one and I'll deal with that arm. Yeah, fours don't make it on my roster. You know, one of the things that uh, that I noticed while I was looking it up is that if you take a look at the ratings from a 
Go one to a two. You have five chances for the pass ball wild pitch, or you yeah. have with a one, eight with a two. You jump all the way to 15 with a three. Yeah. But, dude, it's only going to 18 with a four, and it's only going to 20 with yeah. a five. So I kind of see it now is other than that one and two, if I'm going to be a three with an arm, minus arm, yeah. I'm not so sure that there's a big difference now between a three and a four. And I'm like, if yeah. I'm already going to be at a three, maybe I just go with a four. Exactly. And I, and I think, uh, well, so you've heard me talk about, you know, obviously auto drafts is, is really the primary drafting for 365 is what I do most. Uh, so I will put my, my, even my backup catcher, a lot higher than I would. However, with that point, at some point, um, if you just, if your draft fails you and you just don't get the guys, then I just go all in on offense. And I just, you know, I try to, uh, I basically try to mitigate any bad defense with offense. And Mike Piazza is a really good example. If I get Mike Piazza uh, in the 90 set and I don't get the catchers I want, sometimes I just decide that, you know what, Mike Piazza is going to be my catcher. The other team can run all over, but Mike Piazza is going to hit 40 home runs for me and drive, you know, he's going to drive in 120 runs for me. Uh, so it, it, it'll, you know, kind of, it, it'll uh, help out with that. But one of the things I will say for catchers, I always do whenever I start my draft, the very first thing I draft is my backup catcher. Uh, I don't, I, it depends on how, and how high I put him because a backup catcher is worth his weight in gold because a catcher, no matter who he is, is getting hurt. And if you don't have somebody who can get in there and just catch the ball and throw people out, then you're going to be in bad shape. And then also, if obviously, if you have that backup catcher with the good arm and the good range, um, then you can have a guy like Mike Piazza. And in some of those clutch situations, or some of those tight late-inning situations, you can sub him out, and, and you obviously infinitely increase your defensive rating all across the field. What would you say the percentage that you're looking for? Uh, you know, uh, how much offense? How much defense? You know, forty five percent offense, sixty defense. What's what's what do you think your your goal for the uh, yeah, catcher is? Seventy five defense, seventy five defense, twenty five offense. Um, I, you know, I, I think kind of the guy who uh, is my if you take a look at my guy that I'll go to a lot is. Um, uh, Tony Pena in the 80s set. Tony Pena is a fantastic offensive catcher, but he he doesn't doesn't hit for a lot of power. He he will hit you 270 if you hit him on the right card and you hit him in the right park. He can hit you know the low 300s for you, but he's going to probably slug at best 400. And he but he gets on base steadily uh, and he'll move guys over. Um, but honestly. I, I I don't expect a lot. What I do with my catchers a lot, I will look. Now, when it comes to offense and catchers, I will look at bunting ratings, hit and run ratings, because a lot of the times I like to have those guys um, in the bottom of the order, and I have them on very aggressive hit and run, very aggressive bunting, and I utilize them in that range. And I'll build my lineup around uh, maybe some – basically that six, seven, eight, eight range um, – we're almost building a little second lineup where I'll have a couple of guys who can get on base ahead of them and I can have my catcher. I have, um, uh, currently right now I have Benedict as my, one of my, one of my catchers in an eighties league. And he's, or he has a, he's a pretty good hit and run, pretty good bunter. And he moves a lot of people over for that, for the top of the order coming up. And I ended up putting across a lot of runs with my catcher 
uh, just bunting people over and letting the top of the order hit some singles. Uh, but yeah, 75, 75, 25 is definitely defense to offense for me for catcher. And then it sounds like it's really more on base versus power too. Absolutely. And and I look at, absolutely. I love on base. You know, I, I take a look at, um, my fa- actually, my favorite catcher in any Stratomatic set period is Jason Kendall in the 90s set. Um, he's he's perfect. He's, I, I do, he doesn't have a great arm, but he's, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a two, uh, zero, E6 is about that. He can steal bases. Even his year in which he has the, um, you know, terrible injury rating, it's still a 320 year. Uh, and he can, you know, if you have the right backup catcher. He's a perfect guy. Gets on base a lot. Doesn't hit for a lot of power, but he's always on base. He can move things around. He can hit and run. Uh, he can bunt, and he can actually steal bases. So, um, you know, uh, definitely on base is is always a key for me. I'm not much of a power guy when I build my lineups anyway. Any offense I get out of my catcher, personally, I look at it as a bonus. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, uh, funny thing is, you're even higher percentage for defense than Tony. Which, <laughs> you know, it's only 70 30. Dave was 60 40, and I'm on the other side now. I'm I'm 55 45. Uh, I'm plus arm, but you know what? I took a look at you can only get errors on four numbers. I mean, it's only 9, 10, 11, yeah. and 12. You can get an error, so right. error rating is not that big of a deal. You almost don't hit it. And then, if you're yeah. looking at the fact that what's the difference between five and eight, nothing. What's the difference between 15 and 18? Nothing. Nothing. So so if I've got a guy in mid-range and he's a a three or he's a four, dude, I'm going to take the guy with the better hitting now because I don't really – it's so close to me, I think. And I used to be very much of probably – Probably more along the line of Tony. We're probably 70-30 I was the other way. So that's, that's really interesting that you're more than him. Yeah, I you know, and I've tried it a couple of different ways. Um, just recently, um, I tried to go offense. I got stuck in a draft. I didn't get the guys I like, and and, and I really went. I, I'm, I'm trying. I think it was Gino Petrelli. Is is uh, I think that might have been the catcher. And it was just, and he he was supposed to be lights out against righties, and he just wasn't hitting his car, and he just wasn't hitting. And I was looking, I couldn't figure out why I was, I was letting up all these runs and I dig dug into some of these games and they, people were just stealing second and third on me all day. And they were just sack flying me to death and bunting me to death. And I changed him. I, I basically gave up any offense that he may have given me. And, and I, I sort of turned my season around. So I, I think, yeah. I think the arm is the big, is yeah. the big stat. I think if you can keep those guys and I think it depends on maybe what, what, time period in baseball you're playing there's some time periods that are like much faster than others so if you're having to go a bunch against the 70s and 80s Steelers you know those guys are gonna gonna get a lot of bags off you if you got a a plus arm exactly yeah so what's your thought about platoon at catcher and let me let me tell you a little bit so I love it there because my thought is it's the only position you have to get two guys at so if I can like have both of them be better hitters and both of them at least get a you know a 35 40% chance to hit on their card well then you know and then if they're like you said they're going to get injured 
But then if they're going to get the days that they're injured, well, dude, if I had a, a million-dollar backup, they weren't going to hit anyways. Yeah. So, you, you, I, I, again, it depends. In a, yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it depends for me. So currently, right now, I have in, in three of my or two of my five current leagues that I'm, I'm, I'm in, I have uh, platoons. And it really, it all depends on how your draft pans out. I never plan on a platoon. I, I always want to plan on an everyday catcher. But if it doesn't work out, I'm totally okay with one. I don't, again, I won't plan for it. Currently, I have, I think, Matt Wieters and A.J. Brzezinski. Uh, the only issue I have in a 90s, uh, I'm sorry, in a 2000s league, the only issue I have um, is, especially if you platoon pinch hit them, uh, and it turns out that one is a weaker defensively and it, and they end up swapping. So there are going to be some times later in games where you're going to have the wrong guy in there. And then they can, especially somebody who's a, you know, a very good strategist. Uh, you know, if I'm going against you or Sir Charles or Charles and you guys, you guys are very good strategists. You can see that you can see that platoon coming and you may, you may end up with, you know, may put another lefty specialist in there. And you basically may counteract my platoon late in the game when I'll need that hit the most. Uh, but I, I, I like platoons, um, especially if for larger salary caps, all-time greats. It allows you to get the best out of both worlds. You know, I have, again, I have Matt Wieters currently right now. He's hitting 400 because he's never going to face a righty and he's just murdering lefty. Uh, but he's a much better defensive catcher than AJ Brzezinski. And when they sometimes when they sub out, I, I have been you know uh, you know I, I've gotten stuck with some bad defense late in game. And again, it hasn't necessarily hurt me because he's not terribly defensive. He's not a four plus five. But um, I know it's I know it's not a I know it's sort of a diplomatic answer, but. It really just depends. If I end up getting Tony Pena in my draft in an 80s league, Tony Pena's my catcher all year long, even if he can't hit right. Um, and you know, he's, you know, he's sitting only 180 against right. He's my catcher no matter what. Uh, I may look for some uh, backup, uh, you know, good backup, so I don't mind pinch hitting for Tony Pena late in the game. But, um, you know, and again, I think in, in all-time greats, platoons are fantastic. I'll tell you what, in the 2000 sets, there's a lot of great platoons. Um, but in the 80s, 90s sets, I'm not a big fan. There are so many catchers out there, specifically in the 90s set, that you can go spend a little more money on. I think I mentioned, you know, the um, the Jason Kendalls of the world, the Pudge Rodriguez of the world. You spend a little more money, you're going to get really good defense and really good offense. Um, so it just depends. I would I don't plan on platoons, but when they happen, I'm more than happy to oblige. Well, this kind of fits into a little bit for my last question, kind of fits into what you were saying there. What do you think there's a difference if you're playing different eras? Uh, if you're playing back, let's say, pre-mid-70s, pre you know, I mean, you still have Fisk and, and, and Carter, but from then on, you don't have like, you know, huge power numbers, things like that for catchers. So is there a difference for the way you play it for either, either the style of catcher or whether you do platoons or not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think all time greats, all, you know, all time greats, sixties and well, let's start with a mystery set. Sixties and seventies, make sure their defense is solid. 
solid defense. Because, I mean, it's like that old, you know, 60s, 70s, and actually even 80s. You know, you have that, you, you know, you have that formula. First base, left field, right field, don't really need defense. And those are your power guys. Shortstop, second base, or your defensive and catchers your defense. Um, but obviously, when you can find those players who can give you both, then, of course, you have an advantage. Um, so, yes, I think the catcher position is very, very defensive, defensive-minded in those sets. I will venture away from my defensive mindedness, especially in that 90s set um, there, because there are guys in there you can spend six, like, and I, I, again, I've mentioned them now four times, but Jason Kendall's my favorite. He gives you some really great offensive numbers and he gives you good defense and he's $6 million. Um, you know, Mike Piazza, he's definitely worth the risk of, of defensive, you know, defensive liability for some of his numbers. You hit his right number. If you hit his right card, the right card for him in the right park, he's going to win an MVP and who cares how many people steal a base on him. Uh, and then again, in the 2000 set, obviously in the 2000 sets, you have some really great uh, catchers. You still have Pudge Rodriguez. You have, um, you know, the, the, the platoon I was just speaking of. Uh, and it, it is much different because that's obviously different errors. There was an emphasis on, uh, you know, the long ball. It was, uh, you know, high, some a lot of high strikeouts, a lot of high power numbers. Um, so it does vary from set to set. So if I, you know, if you're really asking me definitively 60s, 70s and 80s, I'm going heavy, heavy defense, not even caring about the offense I'm getting. Um, and 90s and 2000s, I'm going to look to take advantage of, of a combination of both. How early in your draft do you normally have catchers? Is it high on your prior ah. list, middle or lower? Okay, so whenever I do an auto draft, my my backup catcher is the number one draft pick, or my, I'm sorry, the first person I will draft. He usually ends up in the middle, somewhere in the middle. Um, my catcher, and again, um, he's usually probably right after uh, you know right after my top pitchers and my top two offensive guys. He's probably in the top seven or eight players. I'll always go. Uh, and my backup catcher is always, always my number one non-starter draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always there, even ahead of, usually ahead of my, uh, usually right after my my setup man kind of, my setup man guy. Um, but yeah, I put an emphasis on catching. And because here's the also thing with catching. Especially in a lot of sets, if you lose a first baseman, there's lots of options out there. You lose a, a you know, if you lose a, a right fielder, there's lots of options out there. There's a lot of guys who are, are you know, who, who are, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're utility players. They play a lot of positions. If you don't find a good catcher, there's not a lot of good catchers. You don't want to be stuck with Keith Moreland, who's that's his fifth position. So getting a catcher, you know, locked down is it's it's like getting your quarterback in football. You need your quarterback, and just as long as you don't have to worry about finding a quarterback, you can find a right guard, um, you know, and, and and catchers might, you know, it's catchers your quarterback anyway. So once you find that, that's number one. And, in fact, very rarely will I draft him lower than eight in an auto draft. So super important for me. All right, very, very cool. All yeah. right, thank you so much for being here, Peter. We will talk Thanks. very, very soon again, my friend. You have Thank you, Senor. Day. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. 
thank you to our regular cast of characters. Andrew Burkham, Joaquin Lewis III, Carolyn Snyder, Jimmy Dees, and of course, the music man Jeff Texon. All the music you heard today was written and produced by Jeff. If you want to get a hold of us, give us a phone call. The number is 855-888-0096. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Hey, Jeff, can you play us out? You got it, Jimmy James. Find us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on 365 Sportscast radio streaming service. Download the app. Makes it crazy easy to listen. See you next week. Same Strat time, same Strat channel.